Thanks for joining us for this edition of Forward Church Online. Today's podcast was recently recorded at one of our live worship experiences. We hope you enjoy today's message. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Romans chapter 3 and verse 23. This morning, I'd like for you to see me as a visiting prophet to your house, not as your senior pastor, not as the man who's been here since 1988. I'd like for you to see me this morning as a prophetic man of God who's going to speak about sin. I've been invited to come and to minister as a prophet of the Lord, and I'm going to give to you a word from the Lord this morning. Romans chapter 3, verse 23 says, For the wages of sin is death. Shall we pray? Father, as we open up your word this morning, I thank you. We sing about it, we read about it, and now we're called to stand on it. I ask in Jesus' name that we will not waver in this nation in such an hour as we're in. We ask that you would be merciful to us who are in the church For we have become just like the world in so many ways. I ask that once again you would visit us with the holiness of your Shekinah glory. And that you would visit us and bring us to a place where we recognize our need. And that we are quick to repent in Jesus' name. Turn to someone as you're seated and say, Amen. A couple Fridays ago, we were having a con a contest called Basketball Tournament. Basketball Tournament, at this time of the year for us, of course, basketball college is over, but it's a way of gathering kids to stay focused as they move through all these tests. So we set it up so that they could be able to earn their way to go to the gym and play basketball in the afternoon. Normally, what we try to do is Start about 1.30 and run it to about 2. Oh, 2.30 is a good hour of good solid basketball. And then we break it down and let them have fun to about 3.15. I was involved with some other events, so I was in and out of the gym on that particular Friday. But as the kids were coming back over to the campus from the old gym across the street, some of the kids started talking about what other kids were doing. And word always travels. Word traveled all the way to the office of the principal. And the word that I received was that our students had gotten into a refrigerator that didn't belong to the school. And that they took drinks that were not put there by the school. How many know back in the good times, we call that stealing? Our nation is perverted and the church is not trailing too far behind. So on Monday, now remember, I'm standing before you as a prophet this morning, not as your pastor, like I'm visiting this house. On Monday, I called all the kids together for our breakfast session, and I said, how many of you know that you always reap what you sow? And I said, word has been given to me that we stole Mountain Dews, Dr. Peppers, and a few other drinks, and we took money out of the refrigerator. I said, I know as well as you do, because I'm human, that we like to throw the names out. 
of those who did it. I said, but here's what we're going to do. I said, no one's going to be able to rat on anyone because I don't care for rats. You ought to really see me sometime at the school. And then I said this. I said, our school will put all the drinks back in the refrigerator. No cost to you. And any money that was taken, we'll put that back, but no cost to you. And then I said, because we live in a world that is always saying, I know that, I know that, then know this, that what you have sown, you're going to reap. I'm going to make sure that everything's taken care of, but somewhere in your life, what you've done to this ministry, I'm talking about the ministry that has that facility, you're going to find things taken from you. Because you always, help me out, church, this morning, you always reap what you sow. This morning, I'm going to give to you a message from God's heart, from His Word. What they didn't know is the title of the message. The theme will be this. They didn't know, nor do we know, the consequences of sin in our lives. Mark Twain said, There is a charm about the forbidden that makes it unspeakably desirable. Diedrich Bonhoeffer said this, When all is said and done, the life of faith is nothing if not an unending struggle of the spirit with every available weapon against the flesh. Dr. A.W. Tozer said, We have learned to live with unholiness and have come to look upon it as the natural and expected thing. Let me read that again. I'm going to be giving you stories from God's word about what people didn't know that they were going to reap. Dr. Tozer said, We have learned to live with unholiness and have come to look upon it as the natural and expected thing. While we were in worship this morning, the Spirit of the Lord asked me to write this down, and I want to give it to the church, the body of Christ. We live in a cultural Christianity that is foreign to the kingdom of God. Let me read it again. We live in a cultural Christianity that is foreign to the kingdom of God. Story number one this morning, I'm just going to be giving you highlights. May the Spirit of the Lord be in this house. And may the Spirit of the Lord not give up on the church in America. And may this nation return to its roots. What they didn't know. I'm amazed as I work with young people from the elementary level all the way through the high school level. The moment you begin to talk, you either get the body language or you get the verbiage that says, I know that. I know that. I know that. So let's see what we know. In Genesis chapter 4, we all know that Adam and Eve sinned against God. But when they wanted to have their way, they did not know that murder would come into their home. Among their own children, one would murder the other. I know it's not easy as a prophet of God to speak against sin. But I am responsible as a man of God to tell you sin is more dangerous than any creature created in this world. One more time. Adam and Eve didn't know that murder would enter their home when they sinned. Moving on. 
Esau did not know that for a bowl of soup, he would surrender his birthright. See Genesis chapter 25, verse 34. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 16 and 17. Number three. Let me pause right here as we go through this this morning. Remember, see me this morning as a man that has been invited to your house to speak about what we think we know. But don't realize that even when you are forgiven, there are still consequences for your behavior. Number three, Saul didn't know that touching God's anointed one, David, would bring destruction of his kingship and death to his own life. Along with the young man who loved David more than he loved his dad, Jonathan. Let me read that one again. These are all from the Holy Spirit. 1 Samuel 13 is where you can find the story. Saul did not know that touching God's anointed one. How many times? At least three times Saul tried to take David out. But he didn't know that by doing what he did, it was going to bring destruction to his leadership and death not only to himself, suicide on the battlefield, but Jonathan also would die. And we live in a world, and I heard it before the church began to explain it. When the world decided to come out of the closet, they wanted to talk about the God of love. Well, I'm a loving husband and a loving father and a loving grandfather, but that doesn't mean there's not balance in love. Glory. You couldn't work at an alternative school and just tell kids, hey, it's all cool, it's all right that you said F you and you say this and you say that. There's no consequence. Ladies and gentlemen, in this house and those who might listen to it by podcast, God is well balanced. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. I bring to your attention this morning a man who did not know what was going to happen as a result of what he did. The story is found in 2 Samuel chapter 11. David didn't know that when he looked that the sword would never leave his family. And the Bible says that he was a man who had a heart after God. But David didn't know when he was standing on the balcony and looking at that number 10 or number 12 and bringing her in. He didn't know that he was going to have to then set up the situation where her husband was going to be killed. But then later there would be four children of his own that would die. Please don't tell me sin doesn't have consequences. David didn't know that when he looked that the sword would never leave his family. I stand before you as a prophet of God this morning, letting you know that our nation is in trouble and the church has played a big part in it because men and women who stand before you week in and week out do not bring the word of the Lord. They bring what you want to hear. Number five, in Jonah chapter one, chapter two, and chapter three, is the stony of story of Jonah. Jonah did not know that when he ran from the call of God, God was preparing a fish for him. I have good news for you this morning. Yes, there's forgiveness in Jesus Christ, but I'm saying to you as a man of God, there are consequences for your sins. I am a prime example 
and many others who will be honest will tell you there have been consequences, though covered by the blood and forgiven at the foot of the cross, you still receive consequences. May I pause for a moment and let you remind you of the story of Watergate. Chuck Colson was in the midst of all of that in Watergate. Yes, he came to know Jesus Christ, but they didn't release him from prison. There are consequences for your actions. This is why our schools are in a torment right now. Because parents let their children off the hook. Because they think they're off the hook. Well, the Spirit of the Lord is here. I won't be here long this morning. But you'll never forget the title of the message, What They Didn't Know. If David could have just known that what he was about to do with Bathsheba was going to impact four of his children, and he was responsible for the murder of the man who was by his side, and even when David brought him home and said, go get with your wife and cover this up, the man said, no, I'm aligned with you. I have allegiance to you. I won't even leave the palace. We love God's word, only what we like to love. Number six, Samson didn't know when he fell for the woman in the valley that it was going to cost him not only his eyes, but it was going to cost him his life. Yes, you can have it your way at Burger King, but you will never have your way in God's kingdom. You may have your way in the local church, but you will not have your way in God's kingdom. (laughs) Spirit of the Lord is here. Samson didn't know when he fell for a woman from the valley, it would cost him his life. Pastor, you just said that. You better watch your eyes. You better watch your feet. You better watch your mouth. Number seven, I'll be closing with number 11. Ahab didn't know that his jealousy and greed over a vineyard would cost him his kingdom and that it would bring the prophet to the house and he would say to both Jezebel and Ahab, this is going to be how your life will end. And it ended just like the man of God said. Let me pause for a moment and insert, stay with the message, pastor, prophet, whoever you are, That's the Old Testament. Stay with me on the day of Pentecost. Ahab didn't know that jealousy and greed would cost him the kingdom and his life and his wife because he listened to her instead of listening to God. You remember the story so well. After Naboth said, no, you cannot have my vineyard. The king went back to his home and back to the palace and to his bedroom and he began to weep and he began to pout and he began to cry because he wasn't getting his way. And Jezebel came in and said, what's the matter with you, king? You can have anything you want. In fact, I'll get it for you. Are you walking in jealousy and greed? Number eight. The rich young ruler, I find this very interesting, since he's standing in the presence of love. The rich young ruler didn't know that his riches would cost him eternal life. The story is in Matthew chapter 19. He's the one that came to Jesus. Jesus didn't go to him. 
And the young man wanted to know, how can I have eternal life? Jesus laid it out. But boy, did he turn and walk away. And the Bible doesn't say that Jesus went after him. Well, the Spirit of the Lord is here. Sin is abounding within this nation. We are a perverted nation. When you have children at the elementary level using language that you would hear in a factory, you know we're in dangerous times. You know we're in dangerous times when a young boy comes into the office and he goes, "Mm, teacher so-and-so gave me all of this equipment. We check it out. It's not got anything on it that says school board of Levy County. There's no numbers on it. We take him back. He can look me straight in the face and he can lie as if he's telling the truth. Oh, the Spirit of the Lord is here. Number nine, interesting number for him, thinking of the Beatles. Judas didn't know that his betrayal of Jesus would bring suicide into his life. Be careful who you're talking against. Be careful if you're betraying things in the kingdom. Matthew chapter 27 is the story. Number 10. Oh, pastors now in the New Testament, the prophet of God has moved out of the old as into the new. Peter didn't know that a little girl would reveal his heart towards Jesus. The Holy Spirit asked me to write it down just like that. Peter didn't know that a little girl would reveal his heart towards Jesus. Luke 22, 54 to 62. Here's a great story that should remind us that we don't know as much as we act like we do. Because he was the one who even chided with Jesus, who was God in the flesh. Everybody else might forsake you, but I would never forsake you. Never would I ever, ever bow to the sound of a rooster. This morning around 6 o'clock, I walked outdoors, and the first thing I heard was a rooster. But a little girl revealed what his heart was really like. Why? Because, listen, man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. Number 11, this is the one that shook me the most of all the ones that were given. And this, why, this is why it tells me the church is in very, very dangerous times. Everyone likes to talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Everybody likes to talk about the, the Pentecost experience. Would you go with me to Acts chapter 5 this morning, Ananias and Sapphira. Didn't know that a lie to the Holy Spirit would cost their lives in the presence of God's people. They were going to die right there. That's in uh, Acts chapter 5. In comes Ananias, and here's Peter now, Peter the changed man. Peter the man who's been put back in place because he knew how to repent. Listen closely. If you don't repent of whatever you're doing, you haven't even begun to see what's in store. But there stands Peter now as one of the leaders within the body of Christ. There he stands. And this it's past the day of Pentecost. And the church is exploding like we heard about over in West Virginia. That there's a rumbling of revival. But whenever you begin to really see revival and God begins to show up, watch out. There's a shaking process that begins. 
And Peter brings Ananias in, and, and, and they didn't even have to have turned the money over. But what he did was this. He brought it in, but he only gave a portion of it. And so Peter says, um, got a little question for you here, uh, young man. Um, my, my question is, um, why did you lie to the Holy Spirit? And within moments, Ananias is dead right there. That's the God I serve. That's the God I serve. That's the God that changes my life and causes me to own my consequences and change my behavior and change my attitude and change my actions. That's not the God the church is preaching about anymore. But that's the God of the Bible. That's the God of the Bible. Well, they're not done. The door opens up and in comes Sapphira. She doesn't see Ananias because they've already taken him out. Body of Christ across this nation, we are moving away from the centrality of the word. And it's time to come back. And she comes and Peter has no long dialogue with her. He simply asks the same thing. Why, why did you lie to the Holy Spirit? You didn't even have to. Why did you do that? And she's gone. As we bring the message to a close this morning, I want you to know that I seldom use this term. I know that. I know that. I know that. I know that because I don't know that. But what I do know has now revolutionized the way I think, the way I walk, and the way I live. Because whatever you're doing, you're going to reach the consequences. I didn't say reap. You're going to reach. They're going to reach you. They're going to come to you, and you're going to receive what you've done to others. You're going to have it back on your own plate, as I told the children at the school. And oh, by the way, the majority of the drinks that were taken were by element, elementary children. Mm-hmm. And so if he can begin destroying down here at the lowest level, it's not long until you can have it all the way across the board. Keep looking the other way, parents. Tell your children you're going to discipline them and then not, not back that up. Let me, let me show you how that works out for you. The last one. The world does not know that only Jesus has the power to break the curse of sin off of their lives. And that would have been a good place. It's okay, but that would have been a good place to go. That was a very heavy message, but he did bring the answer. Only Jesus, only Jesus, Jesus, the God of the Bible, is the one that can change me from the inside out. Amen. Only Jesus can break the power of sin that has held sway over my life. Listen, you can be a Christian and still walk in sin. And the church is filled with men and women who are practicing sin and no man of God, no woman of God has the ability and the wherewithal to stand and to go, stop what you're doing. Today, in Jesus' name, I stand before you as a prophet of God and simply say that whatever you're sowing, you're going to reap and it will be for generations to come. Shall we pray? Holy Spirit, I did what you asked me to do.
And Father, there's so many times that I want to renege and walk away from the call and find a quiet place to finish out the journey of life. Father, we are in trouble. In our homes, we're in trouble in in the body of Christ. And we're winking and we're laughing and we're joking and we're glossing. And sin is prevailing. And our nation is in serious trouble. Father, you know. We don't, but you know. And we're asking in Jesus' name for grace and mercy. I'm asking in Jesus' name that we would come to a place as members in the body of Christ where we will repent. In Jesus' name. And Father, I ask that you would be merciful in consequences that may still be coming into my life for decisions and things that I sowed years ago. Forgive us for diluting your word. I'm almost done, church. Father, forgive us for watering down the word. It cost you everything to bring us to the foot of the cross. And we still don't want to let go. We still want to have our way. God, be merciful to the body of Christ. We have sinned against you. We have established high places in our lives just like they did in the old covenant father high places and we dare and we challenge anything or anyone to bring those high places down in Jesus name come down father I thank you for the word this morning I thank you for the storylines that are so true riveted in history riveted in the text of your word And you're inviting us to come out and be separate. Thus saith the Spirit of the Lord. Let's just wait in his presence for just a moment. No one needs to know anything about you but you and God. But if the Lord has spoken to you through one of those 11 stories and there's something that you need to get right with the Lord, I won't come and and pray over you. I'm not going to ask anything from you. But I'm inviting this house to hearken to the word of the Lord. In fact, let me share this with you as a prophet of God. If we heed the word of the Lord today, this ministry will explode. And if we belch this out and bark about it, woe unto this ministry. Stop lying to yourself and stop lying to your children. God's word is eternal and it's settled in heaven forever. Every one of those stories are historically set and framed so that we do not do what they did. 
am done ministering in the power of the Holy Spirit. If God has spoken to your heart and you want to put something down before him, I'm inviting you to stand and to come here to the front. If no one comes, it doesn't change the message. It tells us about the heart. We wait for just a moment. you're coming just lay down whatever it has been in your life do business with God you don't have to do business with a man all that I am is a messenger that is all a very simple basic messenger of Jesus Christ not flamboyant not cool not slick just a very simple common foot soldier in the kingdom of our God bringing a message that is desperately needed across this nation the church does not know in a moment I'm going to just pray and and close and I'll have Kelly come and give the benediction this morning In the book of Hebrews, it talks about those that trample underfoot the blood of Jesus Christ. To look lightly and live lightly in view of what it costs God's son is actually laughing in the face of God. It's not sin. It's not sin. And nothing to that. I just looked. I deserve as much as they have. They've got a nice vineyard. I I deserve, in fact, I want theirs. Yes, Holy Spirit. So you don't think our nation's going to pay for all the abortions? Uh, Oh, oh, you, you don't think children are going to suffer because of divorce? Really? Really? Who's your counselor? You, you mean the body of Christ can continue to go, it, it, it's okay when God said Sodom and Gomorrah, it's not okay. Oh, God's changed? Oh, I didn't know that. Where did he change? We laugh at sin. We laugh. Oh, no, 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 pastor. No, no, man of God. I, I, I've never laughed. We mock by lifestyle. God understands. God's all right with that. God's cool with this. He's cool, man. The reverence for God has so fallen in the body of Christ. Shall we pray? Father, there are those that are standing perhaps and they understood the story so very well of our kids at the school. 
But surely, Father God, even though all those drinks are put back and money is given where it needs to be, surely those children. God, I pray that we will come to the place where we will absolutely go, no, that's incorrect. No, that's not right. No, that's wrong. I must change. Father, we're not capable. So we cry out to you for the help and the assistance of the Holy Spirit that we will, with your help, change the direction of our lives. Thank you for those that have come and who are standing saying, there's cleanup on aisle four. There's cleanup on aisle seven. I need someone to help me over here. Cleanup on aisle 12. Story number one got to me. My wife and I have got to stop what we're doing because it doesn't need to go to where Adam and Eve were. I need help over here on aisle seven. I've been in the church a long time, God, but aisle 11 really got to me. Ananias and Sapphira, oh my God, I lie all the time. We are asking now for cleanup in our lives. In Jesus' name. God's people said. Those that are standing, let's give them a big round of applause for standing in the presence of the Lord, their God. Thank you, Kelly, if you will come. I want the whole house to stand. I was standing the other night. And thank you, men, ladies who came this morning. You stood before the Lord. You didn't stand because I pleaded and I begged you to come. I just don't do that. I was standing at the baseball game the other night and a friend of mine came up and we were leaning over the fence. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And he looked at me and he said, you know what, Coach Weber? He said, all the lines are gone. All the lines are gone in our nation. Anything and everything goes. And I said to him, calling him by name, I said, isn't it amazing that in athletics we still have everything marked out? All the lines on the fields, all the lines on the baseball, all the lines on the basketball court, even in the swimming pool, there's lines. And we're living in one of the most permissive societies the church has ever permitted. Father Jesus, we just thank you for the word. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of Forward Church Online. At Forward, we believe that God speaks to each one of us individually, directing our lives and giving us focus. It is our desire that you would experience Christ and pursue His purpose for your life. One of the easiest ways to draw close to God is by connecting with the local church. Get started today by visiting myforwardchurch.org to find out all the ways that you can give, serve, and grow.